Yo, yo, yo. What up? It's your boy, Synchronize. Back again with another edition of Wubs Day Weekly. This week's guest is a very special guest. One of great Wubs Day history. That dude, Jake Asbury, a.k.a. Port 21. Saw dudes. <laughs> No, I'm talking over you though. <laughs> it's cool. I do that to everybody all the time, anyways. It it happens. There's no avoiding it unless you have perfect timing. <laughs> Which we loosely plan this, but not the intro timing. So, <laughs> welcome to the podcast, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having it's, me. It's honestly, yeah, absolutely. It's on. It's an honor to have you. This is gonna be a fun one. This is really cool. Yeah, right. no, this uh, this kind of got going like towards the time that I was like stepping out of Wubs Day, so it's kind of cool to be able to like come back and talk about Wubs Day and like yes. talk about it in that sense. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a really cool perspective. So I'm excited for our listeners to be able to experience that and hear that. So. Um, you listen to the podcast, you know how we do it. Uh, tell us where you got your start, what your influences are, and uh, what your artistic goals are for the future. Definitely. So, um, really, I got involved in music from like a super young age. I was probably seven years old when I started learning how to play piano. And um, uh, from a very young age, I had a problem with authority too, so I didn't really like my piano teacher too much. So, I took maybe a year of piano and then kind of like took a break for a little bit and um, got involved in playing bass guitar in high school for just like garage bands and stuff. Uh, The most like, (laughs) I wouldn't even call it successful, but the most like cohesive one that we ever did, we were called Under the Influence. And we basically just played rock music, like, I mean, stereotypical, like, uh, garage bands. But we played One Relay for Life, which was really, really cool. And um, I'm going to have to, like, watch how fast I'm talking here. Anybody who actually knows me knows that I'm a Leo, and I can talk (laughs) super fast and throw it all at you at once. But Throw it uh, at us. (laughs) Throwing it all out. It's rapid fire. Um, But yeah, no. So I kind of got involved in that sense. Um, The weird thing is, is that despite all that involvement, I wasn't really into live music or live shows. And my musical tastes were very, very narrow. Um, This is super embarrassing and most people don't realize this. But my peacock tattoo actually covers a Dave Matthews band tattoo. And like mad love for Dave and anybody out there that actually likes Dave Matthews. But um, I just didn't want the fire dancer on my arm anymore. (laughs) Because I spent probably a good four years in college listening to nothing but Dave Matthews band. Uh, Live at Radio City is an amazing album. But um, Yeah, okay. it, yeah, there's no shame in that. <laughs> but the, uh, the tattoo in hindsight, you know, <laughs> you got it taken care of. Got it taken care yeah, of. It was, th- it was an experience. Yeah, you know, it had its lifespan on your body, and now it's covered up. <laughs> and now so. it's gone. And uh, yeah, just like kind of my listening to Dave Matthews Band, which I mean, still. It was some fun times. Um, But ironically, so I didn't actually get into music um, until I was about 28 in the sense that I am now. Oh, shoot. Just bumped the mic. Um, But I didn't really get involved until I was about 28. So my first show was actually an Indie Mojo show at... um, 
Oh, now I'm going to forget the name of the Old National Center. It was an Old National Center, and it was big, gigantic, and I can't for the life of me remember who opened for them, but it was kind of like my first introduction into electronic music and all of that, and I just looked like such a Chad standing right in front of the <laughs> right in front of the sound booth um, with these glasses. I don't even remember who gave me the glasses, and I just kind of stood there awkwardly for uh, the entire show, but I loved it. It was like the first time that I actually enjoyed enjoyed live music and so from that point I just started going to every indie mojo show that I could and I was there every week and I was there so much that um, they were just like you want to help promote for us and so that's kind of where I got my in into music where I am now right um, piano in high school, bass in high school, all that, like that was kind of cool, but it wasn't the hell I got into this that I got an appreciation for it. And I think a lot of that is because as a DJ, you have that freedom up there to do what you want, right? Like we're at this funk, uh, electronic show and they're dropping remixes of Biggie and they've got all this incorporation of different styles of music into it. And it's not just about one song that an artist produces like when you're listening to this mic when you're listening to dave matthews band it's not about that one song it's what is this dj going to throw at me this time um and i think that is a really really cool aspect of it because you don't really see two shows that are ever alike and so i got into promotion because i was going to these shows anyways um it was the one thing that i looked forward to every thursday was going to indie mojo going to the trap seeing all my friends and as i did it i kind of had a knack for promotion and um so i started promoting for more groups and i've worked with cae and i've helped cam miller with stuff before and big gas and you know it eventually led to wubs day which was kind of that break that meg and i got and uh loved the patron saint and shout out to all those guys because that was the first time that we really got to say what do we want to do and how do we want to do it rather than you know working for somebody else and um i learned a lot from everybody that i worked from it was a great time we're going to try and slow it down here jake just a little bit talking fast again <laughs> um, <laughs> i could hear it i could hear it and we got to stop it but um hey keep it flowing man whatever just pace that, that you flow need whatever pace you need to go at it's that flow state yeah it's that flow state right and so um yeah no we we kind of got to this point to where we were able to do our own things and we had learned so much from people right like i mean we learned a lot um matt was the first kind of matt ramsey was the first person to ever really give me my intro into uh music ironically i got really upset with him one time because he said that my posts were too long-winded on facebook and I really prided myself on how those posts went because I got a lot of likes. And the longer that I've done this and the more that I got into Webs, I was like, damn, my post used to be long as shit and nobody's reading that stuff, right? Because, like, you might post a thousand times a week that you got set times at these times and shows at these times. And there is still somebody in your inbox going, hey, dude, what time does this all start at? <laughs> and so I'm thinking about all these, like thoughtful posts that I used to make and I'm like did anybody ever really read those hopefully they did I put some thought into them but he was right you know and so you learn from him and then you learn from Adam about the side of the business because I really like learned a lot from Adam Langhoff um CAE events were really kind of 
what got me going and going my own direction with promotion and that eventually led to Wubs Day. And Slater Hogan has been awesome in instrumenting all of that and helping uh, Meg and I out along the way. And at a certain point, I just was, I love doing the promo side of things. I'm going to be 32 in August. A lot of people don't realize, too, that promo isn't just, like, posting on Facebook. Like, it's not just making event posts. It's going to the after parties. And it is going to every event and supporting everybody and meeting everybody. And I'm really good with faces and terrible with names. And I'm getting older. And I just cannot hang with the 21 to 24-year-olds anymore to do that kind of promo you know we talked about not moving around a lot while we're on the mics earlier and i am moving around a lot on the mic i hope you don't have to edit this too much um but yeah so uh we had done Wubs day that first year was really successful and um i think all of us were really surprised because you see all these other groups that tried to start up, right? Like I've been doing this for five years now and I've seen so many different groups try and start weekly events or monthly events. And I've seen so many of them where the support just wasn't there. And we were taking dubstep downtown. I mean, we're playing rhythm in the basement of a club on South Meridian street. And we had those first few events and I'm just like, we're, we're doing this. Like we're really doing this. And we did really well for like the first three months. Um, just the numbers and everything were great. And then we hit like our first little dip and I just remember going, okay, I knew this was coming, but like, I didn't know when, and I didn't know at that point, like, is it going to continue? Right? Like we've seen a slight dip. We're not new anymore. We're not fresh. We're bringing in some regional acts, but really we created the first spot that just brought on local DJs. I mean, Mojo used to do that too. Um, back when I first started doing that, it wasn't a big headliner every week. Now Mojo is packing out the trap with these huge headliners and they've got old national center. And it's great to see like where that has come from. Um, but we never really had what these other events were doing. And so it was really cool to see people coming out, not just to support big names and big artists, but they were supporting their local underground, right? Yes. And they were supporting their friends getting up there and getting booked and playing these events. And we took dubstep from the mousetrap to South Meridian Street. And now I'll go to shows at both events and I see two totally different crowds at each event and you think back five years ago there was only one place to go for music there was the mousetrap and you either went one saturday a month or every thursday and you look at where indianapolis is now and not only is there things such as wubs day this is not a coherent thought anymore because you have beach bank friday that's going on and you have untethered tuesdays that's going on and the patron saint has a uh, proper going on on thursday and literally any night of the week now you can go out and just get electronic music and yeah i mean we were like fucking jiving for you know like electronic music five years ago and it's just everywhere now so it's, it's everywhere really every week every week and it's just really cool to see that and it's really cool to see just how Wubsday has grown too right so we come into year two of Wubsday and I'm still having fun with it but I'm back in school at this point and so I've been grinding at a degree in software development 
which has been a challenge with work. And so I kind of got to the point to where I needed to take a step back from Wubs Day. And um, we did that by bringing John Jarvis in. And kudos to John because, I mean, Meg is a boss. Let's like, hold on, let's, John, we're going to get to you really quick. Meg is a boss, though, right? Meg has been doing this. I'm crying because I love this girl so much. But Meg has done amazing things with what Wub's Day is and what it has become. And in the way that she books and in the way that she networks herself. And so you have this really established event that, in all honesty, I was a face on Facebook. But Meg was doing a lot of the heavy lifting behind the scenes. And then you bring in John, who I met through Cam Miller on a boat over the summer, which is an entirely other story that if those of you listening know it, um, we got stuck on that boat and it was a fun time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I meet John on this boat and he is really interested in promotion and stuff. And I told Meg, I was like, Meg, I'm old. I'm in school. I can't keep partying like this anymore. I was like, if you don't bring John on to replace me, you're really shooting yourself in the foot on this. And thank God she took my advice on that because I've seen John reinvigorate Wubs Day to the point that it reminds me of the early days of Wubs Day when we were packing it in every week. And now they're just packing it in every week. And I look around the room and I don't recognize anybody in there anymore, which is a very weird feeling when, (laughs) when you normally recognize everybody in there. Yeah. And I feel like it, is introducing a lot more people to that sound of bass music and that sound of dance music. It It's really changed the game for the electronic scene, and I think it's opening the doors for, like, bigger and cooler events on that block that's so popular for its nightlife every single weekend. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have... So Cam is doing All the Way Up. Yeah. And he's on the main it, stage of Taps yes, and Dolls, right? That's exactly. <laughs> I, dude, yes. Yeah, I, I, I mean, was going to bring that up had you not just brought that up. Yeah, like, I that mean, is I, a perfect example of, like, this just fat sound ring in a room that on pretty much the busiest night of the weekend, they're trusting bass music and bass DJs. Like, that is the coolest fucking thing and i think it's uh a sign of things to come and i'm really excited for it yeah yeah no i'm i'm just really excited to see how many events excuse me are taking off now downtown and across the state i mean we've got excuse me two festivals coming up that are local festivals that one I used to know used to go on, I think, occasionally. It's coming back. We've got another one coming up. I mean, we've got a lot of electronic music that's coming up. And just having been a promoter and seeing, like, where it all came from, that was really cool. And I didn't realize we were going to talk about me being a promoter so much. Um, I didn't plan on that, but here we are because that's how I got my start in DJing is that I was at these events all the time and all my best friends were DJs and I was watching what they do. I used to even so, like, outside of the bass scene, you know, Trilly, I would go to Brothers with Trilly and stand in the DJ booth. And I mean, I thought it was really cool. Like everybody does, I guess, to stand in the DJ booth. But at the same time, watching him DJ and seeing the different techniques that come out of playing different crowds, playing different genres, that's what really interested me in it is that I wanted to 
learn how to be able to go into any room that was given to me and be able to play to that crowd. And uh, we had a bit of a slow start. Not a lot of people know this, but uh, my first show ever was a Wubs Day, and I was using all ripped music, um, which... All my friends are DJs. They all told me, don't use rip music when you play live shows. And I did it anyways. And I got people at the front of the stage that can't hear what I'm playing. And so all this time that I had spent over the last about year teaching myself how to DJ and building this library, I deleted the entire library. And I said, you know what? I'm a house DJ. And I started downloading house music because I didn't ever want to show my face on a dubstep stage again after that. Um, I'm now beyond that and I feel much better about myself and I've like started playing uh, dubstep more, but, um, yeah, really where I got my start at and all of it was just watching everybody else do it and wanting to try it out for myself because you get to interact with people in such a different way than you do as a promoter. As a promoter, you want to get people out and do this kind of stuff. But when you're up there, you're getting to show people new music and you're getting to have more control than a promoter even does in the night. And it is just a very cool way to connect with people that you don't get to connect with them as a promoter. Absolutely. You get to transmit your energy through your music and... It's special. And that was the cool thing, too, too, right? Like, when we were promoting this stuff and bringing it, like, bringing it up in indie all around, I mean, like, every group that was doing it, a lot of times you're introducing people to electronic music for the first time, and the first thing that they hear is dubstep, because dubstep is the biggest thing here, and that is one reason why I actually enjoy being able to play different genres is because I do have this network amongst, like, the dubstep scene and trying to get them to come out to listen to other music because if you were introduced to it on house music or to techno music you know what i mean like everybody comes up through the dubstep scene and to quote cam miller because he's the most quotable person that i know you start in rhythm and most people evolve into techno and um i followed that path i've seen meg follow that path i've seen a lot of people follow that path um and being able to get up there and play something slightly different and being able to play house and techno at different shows and introducing people that already like electronic music to these different avenues that are still just as cool but just not what has been played over the last five years because really um dubstep has dominated the scene and people think that I've gone completely house, but like I still get down to dubstep. Um, please come out and see me on a dubstep show. I will show you when oh, yeah. I used to be a rail rider at the front of every show. <laughs> yeah, you're a well-rounded DJ. It, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, just kind of been a goal to challenge myself to learn multiple different genres. Yeah, that's good though, and it's only going to make you better. The more you challenge yourself, the better you'll become. So what, um, as far as what's crafted, um, your sound as a DJ, um, what would you say your biggest influences are and, uh, where, where did you find your way as far as, uh, you know, what kind of music attracts you? So ironically, and anybody who's like ever met me in the scene, like when I first got into it, um, I really got into it. Oh, heavy into bass nectar and i was traveling following around traveling uh bleh. i was traveling around the country following him i went to mexico for him i went to a lot of his curated events 
And honestly, at that point in time in the scene, I was very like tunnel vision as far as artists were concerned. Like there was bass nectar and then there was nobody else. And then everything kind of went down and I had to reevaluate like what my musical tastes are, what I even want to listen to. And I actually started falling into house music at that point, but I still have that very much love for the grimy bass music. So I guess to not leave bass yet, um, I love the artist that he worked with. So Jansen is an amazing producer. Most of the tracks that he was on Nectar with are some of his best tracks, in my opinion. Um, and I really get into that 2012 dubstep sound for me. Like I like rhythm. I like all the heavy, but I like that mixture of trappy dubstep that kind of meet. And it's more of a dance vibe to me. Um, and that is really what brought me into house is because headbanging is fun, but like there are times I just want to go out and I want to be on a dance floor and I want to dance. And that four on the floor beat is just so addicting. And so I can't even attribute my love of house music to big house artists, right? Because I'm getting house music as COVID's going on. So like I haven't gone to any house shows because I've only been going to bass shows and I really can't do any of that. And I would say that the person that really started me down that path is Cam Miller, um, which props to Cam because he hounded me for it for years on how I was going to like house music, and now I do. But he really introduced me to a lot of house, and then we started doing Wubs Day, and I started going out to support the patron saint on more than just Wednesdays, and we've got this incredible talent in Indianapolis that people don't realize. A, you've got Slater Hogan and John Larner at the uh, patron saint, and these guys used to travel around Europe. You can go on to Bandcamp and find pages worth of original music from these guys, and we're getting it all down in the patron saint and watching that. And I mean, most of the artists now, like who could you attribute to house music as like a good inspiration other than John and Slater. And then you also have Nick Samaro who is an amazing artist and he's the one that throws proper on Thursdays. And that talent alone in indie is enough to get anybody into house music if you go and see them throwing down. Um, and it's kind of through that that I got really, really into techno. And I don't even know how I got into that point, but um, my favorite shows to play are techno. Um, that is my favorite style to play because there is the subtlety to the sound that where dubstep has these big drops and these big buildups techno just slowly takes you on this journey that you started at point a and now you're at point b and you don't really know how you got there but it was just this eerie beautifulness that is techno and um yeah it's just that constant beat that it, it's almost like a trance-like state when you're listening to it and I like to be able to give that to people because you you get the high action and the everything else, but just being able to almost surrender yourself to a techno beat is kind of a experience all on its own. Um, but I would say the most that I listen to right now is definitely Charlotte DeWitt and Black Gummy. Um, and if you guys get a chance to check either of them out, they are amazing techno artists of very, very different styles. But I saw Black Gummy open for Dead Mouse, and it was like 
one of those music changing experience shows. Yes, those are the best. They are. They are. Most memorable by far. And then, uh, so I think we were going to talk about, too, like kind of where I see all this going. And um, yes, yes. I'm spinning a lot in this cherry, and you're going to have to edit so much. Um, That's what it's meant for <laughs> spinning, rolling chair. And if you don't do either of those things while sitting in the chair, did you even sit in it? Did you? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, I've never really had like a game plan. Um, I. I wanted to stay involved in the music scene, but honestly, like I wanted to take a step back from it. I was going to, and I was going to basically every show there for a while. I mean, there are a few years that there was not a show that I missed unless I was like on my deathbed and that even rarely happens. And, um, I just really felt like I was kind of married to the scene a little bit and I needed that break. And um, DJing kind of gives me that break from it to where I'm still involved in a way, but I'm not involved in trying to get people to come to shows. I'm not involved in what is really like kind of a sales position because you're selling the show to people. And um, I really wanted to step away from that business aspect. Um, I was going to these shows. I was seeing my friends play them. All my friends are out there anyways. And I just really kind of want to be on the other side of the booth and have a small hand in the night to where I was helping to bring this, I mean, entertainment to people to give people this escape because that's what it was for me so long ago was a way to get away from my day job and escape that kind of adult life to go enjoy myself. And I liked... That's why I got into promo is that I liked being able to help give those people that experience. And I realized that the bigger that you grow the scene, the more of these experiences are out there, whether it's at the mousetrap or the patron saint or beach bank or be here now or a shout out to Gil for Pierre's up in Fort Wayne, regardless of where you're looking at, it is everybody kind of coming together to escape all the other bullshit, excuse me, that we are all going through. And um, DJing just allowed me to take a step back, but not fully leave that. And so really, I just want to stay involved in my underground scene. Um, I don't ever want to, I shouldn't say I don't ever want to. I mean, I would love the opportunity to, but the goal here isn't to play the main stage at EDC. It's not to go on tour across the country playing bars for people that I don't know. It is just a way to contribute and give back. God, I'm going to get emotional on the end of this. (laughs) It is a way to contribute and give back to a scene that gave so much to me when I got into it. We're going to compose. We're going to compose. So a lot of people don't realize (laughs) when I got into the scene um, after my first show, uh, my my cousin had passed away. And the scene was, man, we are not composed. The scene was a way for me to find another outlet that um, helped me get through it. And uh, that is how I met Cam Miller, actually. He, uh, my rave family that, man, my voice sounds so weird right now. I can hear it. 
And I hope you don't edit this out because people need to know how weird I am. But, um, anyways, um, my Ray family was gone. So Cam was playing a show that night. I didn't even realize who Cam Miller was. I didn't know that he was a DJ. He just invited me out to the mousetrap. And that was the first time I had ever gone to a show by myself before. And that's just what I started doing after that was just trying to be involved in something that was unlike anything I'd ever been involved in. And I still love going to shows and I actually love being a spectator now more than I do a promoter. Um, I was listening to one of your other podcasts where you had mentioned like going to shows and not having to worry about anything. And it is actually my favorite thing because I've seen the other end of things. I've seen the other side of things. And as much as I loved it, um, I can go to a show and if something happens, I can just walk out the door and I'll, it's on you guys now. Um, but yeah, it has everything over the past five years has just been kind of a way to give back to all the amazing people that I've met in indie through this because most of my friends are DJs or they're promoters or they're throwing shows or they're producing music and they all in one way or another were there for me when I was at a very low time in my life because I didn't have a lot of friends back then and I made a lot <clears throat> we're just gonna keep going through this like frog in my throat but uh we, uh, they gave me a place that felt like home for me. And, um, yeah, I don't want to leave it. I wanted to take a step back from it. And that's what DJing has allowed me to do and to still contribute something. And I know I've said that like a thousand times now. This is going to be a really interesting podcast for anybody listening to it because I don't know if you've had anybody cry on here yet, but, uh, we're just, you know, breaking boundaries. I think this is a Webster Weekly first. <laughs> and I love it, dude. That's, that's amazing. I, I'm, Sorry for your loss. I actually didn't know that at all. Yeah, and, so uh, that's uh, that's not the normal story that I like start off with, but um, it would be a mistake to say that what was going on in my life at that time and going through that loss didn't contribute to it because at the time I was 28, she was 32, so the same age as I am going to be this year. And I just realized how young she was and we grew up together and how little she had actually experienced. You know, she was a mother of three kids and there's nothing to say about going out and having kids and doing all that stuff. But she went from straight from school to being a mother and she never really traveled. And then all this happened and we lost her. And I realized that I just wasn't living my life in a way that if that were me, I would have missed out on so much. And so diving into music the way that I did gave me a passion and gave me a hobby, right? Like at the end of the day, for me, um, I have a DJ name because I don't want to see Jake Asbury on a lineup. Asbury is just not a name that looks good on any lineup, <laughs> right? And uh, the DJ name that I actually do have is kind of an IT joke because I'm a software major. Um, and I just couldn't come up with a good name. And so it's a file transfer protocol. And, uh, yeah, it's how you like transfer files, like through a computer. And I was like, oh, cool. It's like, I'm transferring files to the crowd because hopefully I'm showing them new stuff that they've never heard before. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where it comes from. Um, I really like my logo, but I get it port 21 a lot. And, uh, the IP is actually silent in it. It's a, uh, it's an IP address. Um, but it's like shorthand for it. 
Um, but yeah, so I kind of gave myself a DJ name, but, um, I have started a little bit on production. Um, I do want to produce music, but, um, I've never looked at any of this as a job. Um, I've never looked at any of this as I've got to be at this point by next month. I've got to be at this point by next year. I have to release this track by this time because I already have a job and I'm in school and I want this to be the one way that I not only connect with people because I am an introvert. Hell yeah, this is probably the most you've ever heard me say in your life other than hell yeah, because I am so introverted. And it's a way to connect with people without actually having to have scary conversations because I just want to dance and not like talk to people because I just don't know what to say. Um, it's weird being a Leo like that, but, um, yeah, it's just a way that I can still connect with people and have this hobby that is still an escape for me. It is still an escape from work. And so would I love to play techno music in Detroit? Absolutely. Would I love to go to Chicago and play some techno or house in Chicago? Absolutely. Um, but the one thing that I don't want to lose sight of is the fact that this is my escape and not my job. So, um, really, I just got a lot of love for the local indie scene and want to play on these local lineups where I'm not only helping a night out, but helping my friends have a place to go for music and helping myself too, because at the end of the day, like it's a lot of the music that got me through that point in my life where, um, I really needed something. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's uh, a lot of really quick. How long are we even on on this right now? How much oh, time do we got? I don't know. Probably quite a bit. Yeah, I feel oh, like it's I like we're about 35 or so minutes in. Cool, cool. So, yeah, um, that's probably enough about me. I know that you wanted to do some other topics, too, just like some side interests and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Which, we can talk about whatever on this show. Yeah, which outside of music, I mean, I do play a lot of video games. Um, I was a gamer growing up, and I still am. That's probably why I'm so socially awkward is because uh, I'm just used to video games. But um, if you guys ever do want to play with me out there, um, it is basically some variation of DJ Port 21 or IP Port 21 on Steam and World of Warcraft and all that other fun stuff that um, I do when I'm not like messing with music and working and going to school and stuff fuck yeah i also dabble with the video games yeah no i always love it's a it's a good hobby yeah you and alex always uh always have everything out there like laying out and stuff and i love it you guys are on console i'm not anymore dude we have been playing a lot of smash bros lately (laughs) like a fuck ton like every night I used to think I was really good at Super Smash Brothers, and in college, like, I was really good at Super Smash Brothers compared to my friends, and then I went to the Super Smash Brothers tournament um, in Fountain Square at uh, whatever that arcade bar is over there, and I am not good at Super Smash Brothers, but we're talking about the competitive level. Um, I got past the first round due to a technicality that they didn't, like, place me up against anybody, and I got to the second round, and they were doing stuff to me that I didn't even know you could do in that game. Um, like, I didn't even stand a chance. I was out so quick, and uh, I kind of prided myself on being a gamer, and not that day. I walked out in shame, uh, for sure. But, uh, I mean, yeah, obviously a gamer because I've been working on my new tattoo sleeve. 
Oh, which, fuck yeah. yeah, we got Scyther, Scyther going down there. We got the Pokemon sleeve going. Oh, and, damn, uh, dude. Yeah. That, those are amazing colors. Like, god damn. My dude does really, really great color work. Um, I uh, His name is Nick McNulty, if you guys have seen my tattoos and want to know who to go to. But um, he does a lot of cover-up work. We covered the Dave Matthews tattoo, like I yeah. said earlier, up here. And you cannot tell there was a Dave Matthews tattoo there anymore. So cannot tell at all. <laughs> Somebody's going to hear that I know and just be so offended about Dave Matthews. I mean, I love Dave Matthews. He's actually a really nice guy. Uh, my friend used to... Work at Roll Off before it was Roll Off, and uh, they got to go backstage and stuff, and like hung out with Dave Matthews once, and just talked about how great and nice of a guy he was. So I shouldn't hate on Dave Matthews. He uh, he makes some pretty solid music. It's just uh, very '90s, which is, I mean, my era because I'm a '90s baby. Same here. <laughs> '90s all the way. But um, yeah, no. Tomorrow is Wubs Day. Does this is this tomorrow? This will air tomorrow. This will air tomorrow. So cool. When you're so. hearing this, Wub's Day will be today. Yeah. Yeah. I know they've got a great lineup for tomorrow. Um, really cool. It's actually really cool to see that John is on there DJing and promoting because that is honestly like such a good way to get into it. And then you've got Hugh Jeffner coming on there. I'm stealing your line right now. I know you were going to shout this out. Um, oh, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I won't. And then, uh, yeah. Ravage is on there. Who's always awesome. And then I'm going to, I'm going to mess it up. Um, the, you want to take that one? <laughs> I'll leave the hard one for you. <laughs> Crispy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. So, or Craspy. <laughs> And I mean, like, we can't. And we only say that, I mean. We can't really, like. We've been there, though, before, right? Like, I get called by the wrong DJ name all the oh, time. Oh, dude. That's why I rebranded, actually. <laughs> I used to go by Shy. And I used to get uh, She. Ski. <laughs> is it Sky? <laughs> yeah, DJ name. Rarely names. people would get it. Shy? No. <laughs> like, it. DJ names are always just so much fun, but then you realize that you've picked a name that, like, nobody remembers how to pronounce. I think it's oh. common, though, because, <laughs> like, when uh, Smokeland came to town, and uh, I think that, that was at the Mousetrap yeah, for yeah. Um, Klaus Carnival. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. And um, one of them told me that, People got their name wrong all the time. Like, <laughs> is it S- Smoak Land? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm like man. that's just gotta happen. Like, until you're like big and people like are saying your name. It's like, oh, okay, it's that. You know, I remember when we well known. We uh, brought Leica Beats to Wubs Dad. I remember people were getting his name wrong, which that actually turned out to be a really cool show. That was like a near and dear to my heart because I had been begging people to bring Leica Beats to Indianapolis for like at least a year and like couldn't get anybody on board and finally got Meg and Slater on board with it. And turns out he's like the coolest dude ever. Um, He was, he played, oh, what was the festival we were just talking about earlier? Uh, Well, Wakan? Wakan, yeah. yeah he yeah, did yeah. play at Wakan, yeah. Yeah, He's, so uh, he played... Oh, posters w- on the other side of the door here. But. <laughs> but yeah, he played a stage at Wakan. Actually, there's a really good picture of TJ Pickett, like, sitting in front of the speakers while he's playing. And um, so, like, I was actually really excited about that picture, TJ. I don't just, like, creep on your page if you're listening. I just realized that, like, people, like, knew who he was and were at his set. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. 
Um, but yeah, the really cool thing about Like a Beach that probably a lot of people don't realize is he actually used to make house music before he got into the genre that he has now. So he like kind of really started finding his groove. And if you listen to any of his new stuff that has come out, he has really found a groove with his new stuff, and it is amazing. Um, you should definitely check out Like a Beats. Um, definitely check that dude out. And then, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what other ones to talk about uh, coming up. Uh, I mean, really, like, I, the promoter in me is now just thinking of all the shows. So, like, shout out to Solus that is bringing Zeke Beats up. Yeah, uh, that show is going to be insane. That, that's going to be nuts. If you guys haven't seen Zeke Beats, that dude, I've actually never seen him headline a show before. So, like, that is going to be really exciting. Um, but that one's coming up in Minnesota. We're talking about like who kind of inspired us that Bojo show. Minnesota is hands down one of the best DJs that I've ever seen play. Um, hands down one of the best. Uh, Manic Focus is coming. It's just really nice that like 2020 is like in the rearview mirror and we can actually talk about big name artists that are coming back to Indianapolis and playing shows in Indianapolis. Um, because yeah, I was telling you earlier, it's been two years since I've been to a festival. I went to Mexico and came back and thought, I just need a break. And then the universe was like, take another year off too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's another one. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really excited for all the local shows coming up. Yeah. It's been about, about a year and a half since I've been to one. Wakan in October of 19. <laughs> yeah it's the last festival i attended yeah no mine uh mine was 18 i think i think deja vu was 2018 um yeah that was a long one but uh yeah no it's just really good to see that stuff coming back i know and like thank the fucking lord <laughs> not that i'm even a religious person <laughs> ironically so we talk about like music stuff i used to play in the church choir um growing up i grew up southern baptist i i don't practice by any means anymore but um, we had the piano player the organ player who was my grandma that's how i got the gig you have to have connections to get gigs and i just played the bass and uh the gospel music which um yeah yeah, that was an interesting, uh, interesting few weeks. <laughs> and when I say weeks, I mean weeks, because it was weird having an electric bass added to that ensemble. <laughs> One really cool thing about a lot of churches is there's live music every Sunday. <laughs> every Sunday, live music. Every Sunday, that organ player. <laughs> <laughs> slamming those chords and like. honestly some of the best house music uses gospel organ sounds in it and i swear i wish i knew a track off the top of my head to like give you guys to go listen to but i do not but i think my favorite thing about house music is gospel organ sounds that have been turned into house and then as cliche as this kind of sounds cowbell because there's honestly like nothing cooler in my opinion that you have like a techno track going or a house track going and you've got all these noises and then it goes dun, dun, dun. <clears throat> that's a really bad cowbell noise that I'm making but you know you just go into that single solo cowbell yes. sound and you repeat it out for a little bit and it just adds this like interesting texture to the sound oh, that yeah. is just really cool yeah it's it layers itself flawlessly into the drums with the right execution, exactly. of course, and right composition. Exactly. But I will say that there's never quite enough 
cowbell. So <laughs> you can never if, have too much cowbell. It, if you know the call for more cowbell ever comes about, I, I get it. I yeah. understand. In the, in the spirit of Christopher Watkins, which I don't even—he might still be with us, but more cowbell. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. As far I was, as I know, yeah, I, I haven't heard anything about that. Actually. That would be <laughs> a notable pastor. That would be. I, I just so actually now that I don't promote, um, I just really don't use social media that much anymore. Like you'll see me post the shows that I'm playing on, but other than that, I just like kind of unplugged from that. And uh, it was an adjustment, but it's been nice because, uh, yeah, it's just been really nice. Yeah. (laughs) I I like social media for the promotion purposes and staying connected with people that, like, you don't have their phone number or, you know, whatever, just being able to be connected. But I don't think it should consume much of your life at all, if any. I used to, so you guys know that I like used to make the Wednesday meme and like in the beginning it was really fun and stuff. So like at certain boys started consuming me every week that I was like, man, I got to come up with a new meme because the goal was to hit one year of Wednesday with a meme every single week. And man, I spent a lot of time trying to think of memes for Wednesday. And uh, as much as I loved it, I'm so happy that I don't have to come up with any more memes for Wednesday. <laughs> that... When you promote like that on such a regular basis, it's so hard to come up with fresh ways to present essentially the same thing. Yeah, new and content. It it's like I I strive like when I post stuff, I strive to not make the same post twice. Like I try to use phrasing and, and different vocabulary on every post and try to make it fresh and you know more. Uh, I guess personalized like per event. Yeah. But it's tough sometimes because essentially you're just saying the same thing. You're like, hey, <laughs> this event is happening on this date at this time. This is who's playing. See you there. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, even like, I think promo used to play like a little bit bigger role in indie back when there wasn't events all the time. But like, to a certain degree, who needs to be told about Web's Day anymore? Like, who really, right. who really needs to be told about exactly. it? Exactly. Because like, I mean, the crowd that they're bringing in there, I mean, they're wrapping lines around the door every single week. And, like, I'm sure some, I mean, they do good outreach, right? Like, I mean, it is built up and word of mouth is great on it. But um, people don't even have to repost anymore. I'm just like, why am I even telling them, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be here, I'm going to play. But, like, yeah, it has gotten so big in indie and there are so many staple events in indie that people don't need to be told. They just know to go. They know to show up. They know that every Friday, Beach Bank is going to be throwing down bass music. And if you show up, and now they got food trucks out there. You know what I mean? Like, man, that plays that, honestly, the food truck idea. I told you that was like the best idea that I've ever heard of oh, for an event. 100%. Yeah, I had some alligator while I was out there the last time and it was amazing. It was. I got the last alligator that they had. Um, I got very lucky in that, but, uh, yeah, no, the food that they have out there is phenomenal. That, um, uh, the events there have evolved into something so fucking cool, wh- so unique in a way. And dude, I remember the first fucking Tuesday back in that like back room, very minimal production, like a couple party lights, you know, <laughs> like, it was, uh, I do you know, remember it, those it, days. It, yeah, it, it. like it. It wasn't. I mean, it was fun. It was cool. Oh, yeah. It was just you know, it was, it was something. And then like they really just 
evolved like pretty organically oh. and it's like top tier production you know not only from a music standpoint but from an event hosting and uh hospitality standpoint well like i don't they, think i mean like really you know people that go to shows i don't think they realize how hard it is to market certain venues too right and so like we're talking about bringing people out well not we obviously they but they're bringing people out to uh beach bank to a brewery and they have grown it into such a successful event that like that's a really cool thing that they've done there because it is hard to get people out there when you don't have, like, Web's Day has the advantage that they're on South Meridian. People just walking in off the street, walk in like, ooh, I like this. But for what those guys are doing, those guys are literally pulling people to a venue. And you're right, when they first started, like, it's like every other startup where you have a few people and now that place is packed every Friday. You can't yeah. go in there on a Friday and find an empty room. And, uh... Yeah, just all of the groups in Indy that have been doing it have been doing really well. I'm going to be remiss if I don't mention, too, that um, this weekend, for any househeads listening, and if you don't listen to House, you should not miss the show, um, because they're bringing in some old-school house DJs. Uh, they're bringing in Bad Boy Bill and Ghetto Blaster, but the NV500 at Pan Am is going to have an indoor and outdoor stage. And the outdoor stage is a huge local lineup. Um, I mean, the cost of a ticket just for the local lineup alone is amazing. Um, but, yeah, I like how we kind of turn this into almost a promotion podcast because I have not promoted in so long. I mean, really gotten into it. And I always enjoyed it. I always really liked it because you get to talk about the cool shit that your friends are doing because like yeah. if, if you're involved enough you're like oh that's my buddy up there that's hosting this cool event if you're yep. anybody who's known cam for the last five years and have ever been in the glow room where it's like hot and stuffy and all that and to see cam now on the main stage at taps and dolls that's so cool um they, yeah there are not many events where i see a lineup i'm like oh i don't know someone on there yeah yeah it is it has been such a tight-knit scene and really it is honestly you can talk about all the work that djs or promoters or anybody put into it but at the end of the day it's the people that are going to the shows that make the entire scene possible i mean you could put anybody can book DJs and plan shows. I mean, there is a finesse to it. There is a method to the madness. Like you can't just get up there willy nilly and do it. It's not to say that there's not a lot of hard work that goes into it, but really the thing that makes the indie scene great is how much the indie scene actually supports each other. Um, I, <laughs> unless you've gone out multiple times a week for shows, you really don't know how exhausting it is to show up to a Wubs Day on Wednesday and then a Mojo event on Thursday and then a Beach Bank on Friday and then all the way up on Saturday. But like, there's people out there that do it, and it's those people that like kind of really give us all the ability to do what we're doing. Right. Um, right. And, yeah, for all the hard work that the scene puts into it, if it wasn't for the people that are going to the shows, none of it would be possible and none of us would get to do cool shit because it is really cool being up in front of everybody playing music. Um, and yeah, it's um, from every standpoint as a promoter, as a DJ, it's um, 
they're the ones that are really doing the work because they're coming out and they're spending the money and they're taking the time out of their day to support something that um, while it gives back, doesn't directly give back to them. And that is a really cool see, cool thing to see people grow and how it has grown organically over the past five years. Yeah. Yeah, it's from at least my perspective, it really has grown from not a whole lot of base events that were happening on a regular basis to every almost every day of the week there is uh every two weeks uh with untethered tuesday and then there is also progressive uh which is at melody Inn for anybody who's actually into techno like i am and are cool oh no you're all cool i'm kidding um but there is a techno night um one tuesday a month and then there's an every other um like it's kind of an all-encompassing night really um but it's a lot of house music for the untethered tuesdays but five nights in a row there's music and now the red uh is it red room yeah red room roof party's back open so every sunday there is is it every sunday i don't know i'm so sorry nick i might be getting that wrong but regardless there's so, some sunday or monday I think. well no it's on sunday for sure i just don't know if it's every sunday or not uh, okay. um, i think it might be uh but yeah i mean you can literally it wasn't like this five years ago it's just really cool to see how everything has grown to where you can go out and get whatever music whatever night of the week monday is the only night that doesn't have it and actually uh i used to help austin trilly throw wonderland on monday in uh fountain square so if that comes back which hopefully it does um here in a bit then there's literally music seven days a week in indianapolis and who would have thought five years ago that that would be the case the the festival gods perhaps (laughs) but uh yeah no i think i've like probably rapid fired everybody's ear off because i know that i talk fast but i appreciate every appreciate everybody that tried to listen to me fuck yeah man it's it's been a really good podcast i have really enjoyed it um yeah i know that we kind of like talked about what we were going to go into and stuff and i think we talked on everything uh maybe a little bit fast but we got we like laughed and cried and uh this is my first podcast i used to be a radio dj i don't think i told people about that yet actually but yeah i used to be a radio dj in high school and uh it was the monday morning takeover every monday morning heavy metal at uh, from 6 to 8 a.m., so uh, we had an audience. We used to actually mess with X103, and we would, like, prank call them on the live air, and it was kind of fun. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> it was pretty cool. But um, Those hours are my favorite to headbang. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Like, uh, yeah, it was – I don't know whose idea it was. I just got added to the show. But this is my first podcast that I've ever actually done. I've been on live radio a couple of times. Um but yeah, never a podcast. So thank you. That was really cool. Yeah, no problem. The the podcast thing takes some getting used to, but <laughs> once you get in the swing of it, ain't no thing. Yeah, yeah, no. The podcast is always interesting because like we're obviously just sitting here in a room where there's like nobody, and like you have to like talk about it. Like there's actually people that are like sitting around listening. Otherwise, like it's just. Uh, two guys just kind of talking by themselves in a room in a microphone. I always try to, to structure it in a way that 
I think would be interesting because from my perspective and pretty much from your perspective as well, we're, we're pretty well involved with the scene and we've, we've been involved for a while now. And, you know, when I first started like hearing a podcast like this to learn about all the locals and just kind of more of an inside look of, you know, who is in, involved and, you know, what they're about and, and what they can do. It, I feel like that would have been really cool. Like yeah. I, like I always, you know, want to provide a really interesting perspective because I don't know if we have listeners who tune in every single episode and like, you know, and listen all the way through. Um, but if you're out there and you're listening right now, thank you <laughs> so fucking much. And I'm glad you enjoy and uh, keep coming back and tuning in so yeah no the numbers look good on soundcloud i was kind of scrolling through today and like looking at the different play values on them and stuff and so like yeah it does add just an extra element to the scene because most of the time you see djs get up there and play you have no clue what they're doing and this honestly gives away like if somebody has an ep coming out they can talk about their ep on this and kind of get it out there in a way that is different from traditional social media because again, um, I'm the same way. Whenever I see somebody's posted an event, I don't even look at the stuff anymore. I just like the event. People ask me who's playing at Wednesday this week. I don't know. I just show up. Um, that's kind of how I am with every show, though, right? Because yeah. like at the end of the day, like there's so much talent in Indianapolis. Who cares who's on the lineup? Right. Like, do you want good music or do you want to sit at home? And like nine times out of ten, I say I want good music. Um, that like one time out of 10 is because I want to play World of Warcraft, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I definitely appreciate you having me on. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, this is, this has been a good one. So, uh, what has become a tradition on the show, we play a work in progress, um, if applicable, and in this case, um, we have a collab between yes. between us, and it's one of the favorite songs that I've ever worked on. And yeah, it is yeah, the first was, song that I ever worked on. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, we, yeah, we were trying to trace back when we started it, and it's definitely over a year, probably about a year and a half or so. Or, it was on a laptop that no longer works. <laughs> and I don't. I don't even have the project file for it anymore. But I salvaged it, remixed it, uh, or not remixed it, but mixed it <laughs> down and kind of cut it up and came out all right. So it'll get it'll get released here sometime soonish, whether oh. whether it's independently or you know <laughs> with someone else. But here is uh, the track life forms thank you again for coming on sir yes thank you for having it's been a pleasure and thank you guys for listening hell yeah tune in next week we will have an unnamed guest all will be revealed but uh be safe at web's day again we have crispy craspy one of the two probably ravage jay smiles and hugh jeffner DJ Hugh Jeffner. I like how he has that little plug. (laughs) (laughs) Peace out, y'all. Be safe.
I say bye too now, right? Bye. <laughs> <laughs>